absolute bedlam. Anti-Spirit, based in Bournemouth, UK. Dorset Botanical Seaweed Vodka. So I met these at Bournemouth Air Show two years ago and I wanted to get them on the podcast, which I've done in the previous episode. And I wanted to speak to them and promote their products because I think they're onto a winner. So this is vacuum distilled for fresher flavors. Lots and lots of different seaweeds go into this amazing vodka. Doesn't taste like the usual stuff that you get from the supermarkets. It's got a bit of a sort of story to it and a bit more of a twist. It's had some awards and I'm hooking you guys up. If you go to www.shantyspirit.com and you type in the code Bedlam discount for either 20CL or 70CL bottles, then you'll get 10% off your purchase. Shanty Spirit, drink to enjoy, drink responsibly. Absolute Bedlam. Just a quick reminder that you're listening to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. If you could rate this five stars on any audio platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all sorts of other platforms like that, then that would be massively appreciated. Right, back to the episode. Cheers. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Absolute Bedlam Podcast. It's a new year, got new goals. Yeah. Watch the UK weather still as crap as always. Bloody freezing out there. Wouldn't wish it on anyone. Um, I've got Jenny Colquitt, who I realised straight off the bat. I want to apologise. I spoke your surname with one T. I'm really sorry. Oh, that's fine. I've had it worse. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's start the year right and all that. So, yeah. How are you? You all right? Yeah, good. Busy. Very busy at the minute. And, um, yeah, it's, it's it's been a good start to the year for me. How about you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. We're 10 days in. And uh, I want to go really hard this year on AVP. I want to try and build a bit of an empire in a nice way, not in a King John sort of way, you know. Same. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> just want to try and really squeeze this for everything it's worth and get some people on that I've been chasing for a while and actually book a date with them and all that sort of stuff. So onwards and upwards. Sounds good. So the first question I'm going to ask you is actually New Year's related. And it's, do you believe slash have any New Year's resolutions? Yeah. Um, so like the last two years for me, I've, I've, I've gone pretty hard and kind of, um, I'm not, I wouldn't say overdone it because I think I do believe that to succeed in anything, you've got to, you've got to go through that phase of kind of pushing yourself past probably the max. I think, I don't think there's anyone out there that you could say is successful, in anything in any field that hasn't at some point burnt out or you know kind of overdone it um but for this year for me I mean it sounds it it sounds a little bit kind of hypocritical because I'm the beginning part of the year is very very busy for me but I think for me it's so it's my 30th year this year so well it's I'm third I turned 30 this year so I kind of I want to I don't know I feel like I want to I want to sit back a little bit and um not always be in a rush. I don't know. I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Like, I always feel like I'm in a rush and I never experience anything. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually made a YouTube video about this recently about, I just need to learn to calm down. That's so I expect it. Everything to be, I expect everyone to have the same level of enthusiasm as me. And you're just going yeah. to be self-disappointed and sad because obviously I want this podcast to go crazy, but unless I've got good people around me that also want that, 
then you're just fighting this constant tide of like, eh, you should probably stick to your job, Ben. You know, you should. Uh, yeah, get it. Security, meh, 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 meh. which you know, I've got a job as well as this. This isn't my it's mainly source of income. It's not really a source of income at the moment at all. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'd like to uh, surround myself in some people that can help push it. Um, I yeah, you have a bit of a problem as a solo artist finding good people. Obviously, you know Adele and Andy. We'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm quite lucky, really. I I feel like a lot of people in my life do push me. I don't I don't really suffer with that. I mean, I have done, don't get me wrong, in the past. I think when you first start out, you get a lot of disbelief and a lot of, um, oh, she's a dreamer, you know, um, kind of thing. And don't get me wrong, you still come across that every every now and then. But I feel like I've surrounded myself. I've got to my stage probably after the last couple of years where people are starting maybe to believe in me just as much as, as I do. And that kind of came at that same time of when I started believing in myself. So, yeah, I think it's, it's about, but it's about balance. And I think the point... The point for me is that I've hit this point now. I've I've done two years of solid trucking. You know, I've been in the studio pretty much solid for two years. My poor producer is absolutely like sick to the sight of me, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. And not only that, but you know, there's gigging and there's getting out there and traveling and networking and doing things like this. And yeah, there's there's a lot that goes into I guess being a singer songwriter. Um, and that for that reason, I think you've got to burn out at some point. You've got to kind of take that step and um and push yourself to the to the brink. And I've but I've done that. I feel like I've done that for the last two years. And and this year I think I want to enjoy myself a little bit more and um do things music related because music is my life. So it's never gonna kind of just completely stop. And and, and you know, I'm I'm definitely not stopping this year by any stretch of the imagination, but I think I need to put some things first in my life that maybe I wasn't putting first, you know, kind of a bit of enjoyment, um, socializing that's not surrounding gigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just finding it like me again a little bit because you kind of lose yourself in your work sometimes. Yeah, a bit of personal procrastination. Yeah. Everything else before you and eventually, you know, you'll make yourself a bit upset because you're constantly looking out for other people. Um, it. Or it's just career, career, career. You know, we're not all Gary V. We can't all just absolutely kill it every single day for 20 no. minutes. No. But yeah, awesome. Right, so got some questions rewinding a little bit. It's a question that I tend to ask everyone. And it's, for Jenny, how was school? Did you find it good or did you find it a bit rubbish? Um, to be honest, like, I feel like school, I was, I didn't really feel anything. I didn't really overly enjoy it. I didn't hate it. Um maybe towards the latter end of school when you kind of get a bit lazy when you hit your teen years I was probably a bit like Ugh. but I did really well in school I was a big swap <laughs> um like massive swap Ben like it's unreal <laughs> um so for me it wasn't it wasn't ever really like too challenging and socially I've lived my life in like my own little bubble and I still do and I love it so it's I um I didn't suffer in that way I didn't I didn't really overthink about social situations. It was just, this is me. And uh, it was a great part of my life, actually, because I didn't overthink anything. And that's something that I've create, I've kind of learned to do as I've got older. So, yeah, school was, I wouldn't say it was like I loved school. I didn't kind of thrive to be there, but um, it was easy. It was an easy time in my life, I would say. Yeah. So 
what was the naughtiest slash most embarrassing thing that you found yourself doing at school? <laughs> at school? Yeah, or just in, in childhood. I've got a mental one from my childhood, which I've been putting off for quite a while, but I think I need to come clean. Because a podcast is essentially you exploiting your life for other people's entertainment. Yeah, I, I'm good at that. Um, <laughs> so I'd, I wouldn't say there was anything naughty, because like I say, I was I was like, if there was like the a bigger SWAT out there, like I would, I'd struggle to find them because I just, I don't think that what there is. I was just always really good. I just didn't, yeah. I didn't sway off the like the the tracks ever. Um, but I think that probably becomes its most embarrassing thing. And for me, I'm not ashamed to say it, but I was kind of late into like maturing I guess like as a teenager I, I was I was very childish right up until my late teens and even now I still I still find it easy to um you know play on Pokemon and stuff like that it's not an issue for me so probably the most embarrassing thing is probably the most um the easier one of the two and I'd probably say when I was 17 so when I'm 17, so most kind of girls when they're 17 are very conscious of what everyone thinks and, and all of this, very conscious. I was sat, I would be sat in the pub with my full full Everton kit on and shin pads watching watching football matches because I just didn't care. And like I say, I've lived my whole life in, in my own little bubble. Um, so yeah, that was that was me. I I just was embarrassing probably. But I didn't know it at the time, so it didn't matter. <laughs> That's it, ignorance is bliss and all that. So mine... I'm currently living with my parents again, um, trying to save it for a deposit for a house. And that's ultimately the only way currently that the UK can do that is mm. you literally have to stop paying rent because you can't save and pay rent. I just fundamentally don't believe that that's <laughs> viable anymore. Yeah. Um, because of the horrible people that are in power. Um, but we won't get into that because that can turn very negative very quickly and I can't be asked. <laughs> so my mum very kindly brought this up because we got a bit of a bantery relationship me and my mum we like to kind of like rip each other down and then joke and say oh you know it's only a joke um and she reminded me the other day that I went to a show and tell school lesson and I told everyone in my class this is this is mental <laughs> that I would cry when she would go out to the communal washing line to put the washing out when we lived in this flat. And I fully believe that my mum had left me. Oh, so I, you sound like me. I, I thought that that was a good thing to tell everyone at school. Yeah. Oh, you told everyone at school. Yeah, oh, yeah, I? Yeah. Just, I don't know what's getting on in my head. <laughs> but yeah, everyone was like, oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ben's obviously got massive separation anxiety. He's like a dog. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. You know, that's that's fine. That I think I think when you're a kid, I think it's sad to grow up too fast. You know, and and like I I always talk about this because we like m me and my partner we've got two. Um, well, sorry, my partner's got two girls, so I've got two step stepdaughters, and um, yeah, it's. I always think that like kids these days grow up too fast and they just miss out on the childhood and yeah I hate that about modern day living you've got to grow up or you've you know or you you're screwed <laughs> but yeah. yeah um yeah. I think that I think that's nice Ben a nice story actually yeah yeah I've got a nine-year-old called Casper and um he's quite kind of questiony 
he's very mm. curious about the world and I can see where he's got that from. It's mm. me going, Mum, Mum, are we getting the taxi to Asda or are we getting the bus? And my mum's like, we literally live two minutes away. We're walking. <laughs> Why? Why are we walking? And obviously, not what money was because I was like four. But yeah, there we go. So if you <laughs> clip that and laugh at me, then feel free. I don't care anymore. So it's all good. So <laughs> going back to Jenny, because this is very quickly turning into a therapy lesson. And uh, <laughs> that's so that's fine. Um, when did you know that you wanted to play music? What was your sort of catalyst to be like, actually, this is what I want to do? Oh, so I could break that question down a little bit because you kind of asked two two questions there, so yeah. I can answer that. So when did I want to play music? I'd probably say, I mean, my dad always played guitar in the house, so I was always around music and he was, you know, music was always a massive part of my life. Um, but when I started picking up music was probably kind of, when I was 13, 14, that's when I decided, first of all, I wanted to get a big drum kit. So I got a drum kit and I was actually looking at a picture of myself the other day on my very first drum kit. And yeah, I was about 13 maybe. And then picked up the guitar when I was 14 and then singing was a little bit later on. Um, So I kind of, I guess I didn't know at the time that I wanted to do music as a, as a career, but that's when I wanted to play music, even if it was just around the house. And then I started my YouTube channel when I was about 17 and um, that's when the singing kind of came into it. And from that, I, I released a, an EP in 2016. Um, and at that time, it wasn't serious at all. I'll be honest. I was just like, hey, it'd be cool to have music on Spotify. I wasn't even thinking of myself as a songwriter at that time. Um, so it was only really, to be honest, at the beginning of this lockdown, that I started taking it seriously. And that's when I moved moved onto Twitch and onto, well, I moved onto Facebook and YouTube first, and then it went onto Twitch and became a live streamer. People started getting onto my original music, and then I kind of started taking it seriously at that point. Yeah. So Twitch and YouTube, I'm just, just taking a quick look at your YouTube channel on my phone. I promise I am listening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, right, so... What have we got? Jenny Colquitt, 2.5k subscribers. Yeah. And uploaded a video 24 hours ago and it's nearly hit 100 views, which I think is pretty good going, really. Um, when that happens to me, I go, oh my God, I've gone viral. When it's like, oh, you haven't <laughs> really gone viral, Ben. It's not a million, is it? But I uh, it's pretty decent, to be fair. So congratulations. Thank you. It's not bad. I mean, in, in this day and age, it's it's not a lot but um i'm not i don't really I'd, I'd like to go viral but i don't see my content as viral yeah. material you know it's doesn't mean in my view it doesn't mean it's not necessarily good i think it's just yeah. not that kind of material that would go, go, go like, kind of go viral it's not got like dog eats well you know something yeah, stupid yeah. like that you know i know what you mean yeah um so you said you've been doing Twitch for a while. How long roughly do you think you've done that? Is that the same sort of time as when you did YouTube? Uh, oh, no, no. Um, so YouTube started probably over 10 years ago. Um, I was uploading just cover songs, embarrassingly so. Um, not like not saying it's embarrassing to upload co cover songs, uh. but I was singing to backing tracks and I couldn't really sing at the time. And yeah, it's quite kind of embarrassing to go back and watch those. Um, but Twitch, so... I started live streaming on face on Facebook and YouTube simultaneously. Yeah. That was the start of the lockdown. Twenty twenty was that? 
And then um, I started on Twitch exactly two years ago on the 3rd of January. I know that because we did a like a 2K, two-year anniversary stream <laughs> with my followers. Nice. What do you think of Twitch as a platform? I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Yeah. It's, um, I just, they've just got this kind of part. Of the, I mean, Twitch has been going for a while. I don't know how long raiding has been going on Twitch, but the idea of raiding streams is to me like evolutionary. Like, I don't know why any other platform hasn't started taking that on because what a better way to keep people on the platform than to literally physically force them to <laughs> raid over to another streamer or whatever. So I, I don't know why that's only a Twitch thing, but it, to me, that's like the best part of it. I think it's just amazing. I think it's genius. To me, I think that's Twitch's USP. I think that's their answer to discoverability because yeah. I've been on just chatting as a category for a long, long time. And yeah. that's pretty much the only way I've ever met people outside of the person that I'm watching at that moment is when they raid out and they'll raid over to one of their friends and I'm like, yeah, all right, fair enough. And you always see that as well, where people raid like 60 people to a new channel and they'll get probably about 25 to 35 followers just from doing that raid. Yeah, which I think, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. When I first started on Twitch, it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I've literally been on YouTube for hundreds of thousands of years and I've got this many subscribers. And I'm on Twitch and I've got this many followers. Obviously, it's easy to get followers and subscribers. But one thing I, I, I have been thinking about more recently is getting followers is great. But to me, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've got a good audience. Because the amount of people who I've seen on Twitch that have got tens of thousands of followers and they still only get 60 people watching. I think a lot of people feel pressure to follow people. And when, when people raid onto my streams, I always say, only follow me if you like my music i'd rather you didn't follow me if you weren't going to watch me and that's not me being like don't follow me it's like i just i just don't see the point in just having a follower just for followers sake because i think it just gives false impressions not only to you but to other people obviously it's great you know to say i've got four thousand followers on twitch it's a nice thing to be able to say but when people are just following you because it's like oh follow like i I just don't really And, and that don't get me wrong when i first started on twitch i thought it was great yeah. But over time, you kind of just realize that it's not really about that. It's about the engagement and it's about kind of the end result of those people following you. And, and it does sometimes end in a, a kind of a solid supporter, but um, more often than not, it's just somebody who's followed and then kind of left, you know? Yeah. There's a very high chance that, you know, someone that's got 21 million subscribers on YouTube, they're not going to get 21 million views on their videos. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's it's a difficult one. Like one of my pet peeves of Twitch, I might go on a bit of a rant here, is sub-only chat. I just fundamentally think that that is like, it's just not, it just doesn't rub me up the right way. Do you know what I mean? It just, yeah. you, you're not worthy of talking to me unless you put hey, yeah. it. I'm like, nah, sod that. But there's a couple of people that I watch that do it like once every six months, they'll mm. do a sub-only chat. I guess that's maybe to, to reward people which is fine isn't it but I'd, i've i've only ever done it once and that was by mistake <laughs> yeah nice okay yeah a so lot of people it. weren't happy <laughs> yeah better. <laughs> so how often do you go on twitch and how often do you roughly upload on youtube um okay so at twitch when i first started it was like 
three times a, a week. And then as I've got busier, it's kind of, it's turned into more like, more like two times a week. But at the moment, I've not got like a solid schedule because I just can't because I'm, I'm either, I'm either rehearsing for tour or I'm in the studio or I've got like an interview planned or something. So I can't always say it's going to be on these set days. Um, so at the minute it's, I would say it averages around two times a week, but I, I'd love to be on there four times a week. I have at one stage been on there four times a week pretty solidly, but that was a little bit undoable for me. I couldn't, couldn't keep up with it. And I was always just letting people down. So yeah, I'd love to, three times would be ideal. Um, but at the minute it's probably more like two times uh, and YouTube uploading to YouTube. So I obviously upload all of my Twitch VODs onto YouTube. Um, so that's quite regular, but I wouldn't necessarily class that as like doing a video. Yeah. Um, Cause it's obviously just me regurgitating this material, isn't it? Um, so I would say I've not been uploading regularly to YouTube for a while. Um, Simply because I've just not had the time. I've any content that I get, like so, I did a gig in York, um, a few weeks ago in November. Sorry, a few months ago in November, and they gave I got like a video and and all of that kind of stuff. So I uploaded it. So at the minute, it's kind of I'm just using it as a singer songwriter as opposed to a YouTuber kind of thing. If that makes sense. Like I think if you're a YouTuber, you upload regularly, yeah. whereas I'm just a singer songwriter who has a YouTube channel. I used to upload regularly, but I'm not anymore. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and in comparison to the online stuff, how often do you find yourself gigging in the physical world? Uh, quite regularly. Um, I'm touring quite a lot. So I toured, I did a mini UK tour in November. That was like an acoustic thing. Prior to that, I was doing a lot of, um, in fact, prior to that, it was festivals. So I, I had a really busy festival season last year. And then I was doing a lot of support gigs as well. And I did a UK tour in uh, the first part of the year as well in February. Uh, and then I've got a UK tour coming up February, March this year and a couple of festivals so far. So yeah, quite, quite regularly. Um, it's hard to say cause it tends to come in blocks of, you know, like tours as opposed to like gigs every week. So it's quite it's difficult to say how many times a month per se, but yeah, yeah quite regularly. Nice. Do you play electric or acoustic? Like what's the sort of split in your gigs? Um, so it looks like I play a lot of electric because of the electric behind me, but yeah. it's mainly acoustic guitar. So I play all of my gigs always have electric guitar. Uh, sorry, sorry, acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um, I have my piano as well, which is here that you can't see. So piano has become my main instrument really over over the last few months, but over the last few years. But um, I can't always take it to gigs with me, especially support gigs because it's. It's like weighs forty pounds, and uh, I don't take it all the time. So I would say my main instrument is probably the acoustic guitar, but I do a lot of my writing on a piano. Yeah, fair enough. Electric's very new to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice little Telecaster in the back, love it. Yeah, I just got the Helix Stomp pedal, which is like it makes me. I feel like Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> love that. It's all <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got an ukulele over there in the corner as well. Yeah, that I never play that. I I, I play it at Christmas on Christmas only. <laughs> Ornament. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Cool. I'll have to uh, send you a request at some point to have some twenty one pilots because he does quite a lot of ukulele Tyler. So Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, That's he's good. he's fantastic. I've watched so much of them lately that he does like four different things at the same time. He's just this crazy prodigy that's like 
I can't even. I think he's like twenty-four years old. He's just <sighs> a plane of existence. But nice, fantastic. I was going to ask you with the electric stuff. You got your little frog and your Jack Daniels and stuff in the corner. I was going to see. Yeah. Put that on your guitar head. But if you're playing acoustic, then you're probably just DIing, aren't you, into your mixer? Um. Uh, yeah. So acoustic just goes straight into my mixer. Um. Obviously, I, my electric goes into the Helix. It it used to just go direct in. But to be honest, I don't really play too much electric. Uh, but now we've got the Helix. It's like it just opens up a new world. Um, so for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what a Helix is, it's basically like every amp in the world in one pedal <laughs> without an amp. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, incre- it's incredible. Amp modulation like Kemper and X effects and that sort of stuff. Yeah, basically, yeah. Cool. So obviously here to promote your album and your tour, um, I sent you a list of questions earlier and they didn't include that and you very kindly messaged me <laughs> saying we are actually going to plug my stuff out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, come no. on, let's, let's talk music. <laughs> you're going to talk about meal deals and you're going to like it, all right, Jenny? Well, I, I'm all for, I'm all for talking about whatever, as long as you talk about the tour. <laughs> so when is the tour? Has it got a name? And uh, where are you playing? Oh, let me get my let me get my gig list up because I always get asked this question and I never know. I'm always like, I don't know. I didn't book it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the tour is called the Lost Animals UK tour. So the EP is coming out in February, um, and basically the tour is just touring the EP, but it will be touring my album as well and uh probably some music from my previous EPs as well. Yeah. So let me just bring up my list of places. So. Uh, I've got a pre-tour show in January um, in Northwich, which is like a really cool venue. That's a place called Lion Salt Works. It's like a salt museum. Oh. Um, and they've got like a venue upstairs. It's not used very often, but it's um, it's like a stunning place. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty close to me. So I'm doing like a, a warm-up gig there in January. So that's 28th of Jan. Oh. And then um, the tour dates following that are Stoke, Leicester, London, Brighton, Abingdon, Bury, Colchester, Cardiff, Milton Keynes, Liverpool, Bath and Bradford. Um, so it's a 12 date tour and it's spread across like from the 19th of Feb all the way through to the 25th of March. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be intense, let's say. But yeah. When is your date in Bath? I'll write it down. Yeah, 18th of March, um, Chapel Arts Centre in uh, in Bath. So yeah. I've been to Bath at some point, so I might have to uh, swing by. I am literally oh. like the bottom of the UK. Like I, I say to people, like especially when I interview people from the US, you've got Great Britain, just keep scrolling down <laughs> all the way to the point where you're literally at the ocean and it's uh, Dorset, Weymouth. Oh, cool. So, uh, cool. I was meant to uh, go to one of and- uh, Adele and Andy's shows, but I just I couldn't. I couldn't yeah. get there because it's just like a, it's not even the drive really, it's just everything else because yeah going to a gig to then drive straight back just seems a bit like you want to stay in a hotel you want to yeah oh yeah yeah after that sort of stuff the next day and that sort of but one day so, i'll see them so so you went so would you be in that far south do you know we're near Bright- brighton a little bit so like weymouth's here brighton's like here and london's like an hour away from brighton, yeah okay so. i'm in brighton on the first of march Okay. Um, I'm Bath or, or Bath, sorry, <laughs> on the twenty. Uh, sorry, on the eighteenth. Yeah, okay. I think they're like my most southerly. I'm in Abingdon as well, but that's kind of more 
Yeah. It's not it's not Midlands, but it's it's higher up, isn't it? Brighton. Yeah. I really like gigs in Bristol. I feel that that's oh, yeah. a really good like amount of miles for me personally. But... Yeah, I really struggled to to get Bristol actually. Bristol was like I wasn't aiming for Bath. I was I was aiming for Bristol, but I just couldn't couldn't get a a reasonable venue for the date, so yeah, we went with Bath. There's a venue near Bristol O2 Academy called the Hatchet, mm. and I used to play there quite a lot when I was in my bands. Um, cool. We were a bit more sort of Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses, heavy rock rather than nice. singer songwriter. So uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll make space for an acoustic person though. If, uh... They keep knocking on those doors. They're bound to open. But like you say, well, looking your tour. So, well, my 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 tour is full band. Actually, it's um, yeah. okay. it's a it's a well, it's singer songwriter. But a lot of my stuff is quite heavy. Actually, okay. uh, the the new EP is um, so you you heard Soldier, didn't you? So you heard like the rockier section of that. Like a lot of the the stuff on the new EP is a little bit more like that, oh. um, kind of rocky, which is nice. well. <laughs> so let's get into that. Um, I'm a bit all over the place at the moment. I do apologise. Um, it's okay. been two weeks since I've done this, so. <laughs> that bike. Um, what's lost animals? What's the theme for the uh, for the EP? Yeah. So um, I, so my last my last album was called Something Beautiful, and that was kind of like, I guess, the journey of me realizing that I wanted to be a songwriter. Um, and like the something beautiful. The, describes like there's something beautiful within me i guess which is the the writing and something that i should pursue mm. the lost animals is kind of like okay i've done my first album i'm lost now like you know kind of thing but it's not um it's not a lost as in like a bad lost it's like a a good lost um in the sense that sometimes we don't know what's around the corner but um sometimes we find the best things when we're in them kind of stages of life um you know kind of being lost isn't always a bad thing so yeah the, the theme of the album is like how i guess humans we go through these phases of not really knowing what we're doing and i really i really do believe that everyone just kind of is a bit lost in some way um and yeah i'm at that stage in my life i guess you could say of of like i'm like i say i'm, I'm 30 this year i've not necessarily made it as a musician but i'm still enjoying it and it's like do i carry on and fulfill this passion or do I just kind of settle into a into a you know a, a bit more of a normal life yeah but yeah <laughs> that's yeah, the thing fair enough it's a good thing it's a good uh life lesson for all the people listening as well that we are all just winging it really yeah I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad thing like I say I think a lot of people always you, you feel like throughout life that you should always have these like things set in place you know like I should have reached this milestone by this age or I should have done this specific thing and I think a lot of the time life is just life you know unless you're somebody who is really kind of motivated by specific goals um and from a young age I think at some point in your life you find yourself just floating around not really knowing um but I don't think it's a bad thing I think it's just normal yeah so on that I was watching a guitar clinic with my girlfriend last night talking about procrastination and talking about how do you know when a musical project has finished? Mm. And there's a guitarist that I absolutely love called Bumblefoot. He was in the reunion for Guns N' Roses. He also wrote the Pink Panther theme tune. So huh. he doesn't ever have to write any music ever again. Because <laughs> he's no. rich. 
Um, yeah. So I'm going to ask you the same question. How do you know when your songs and albums and EPs and probably even tours, how do you know when they're finished and they can be uploaded to Spotify for everyone to enjoy? Oh, um, so I'm going to talk about my producer a little bit now because I, like it's very important to know with my music, it's not just me. I So I obviously write the songs, yeah. but then I take them to... Um, I take them to Dave, who's my producer, and we have like a really quite a slow process of building up the songs. So some of the songs that are will be coming out in February will we will have started mid last year, yeah. um, and and we, he has a really unique unique way of of doing things, and I re, it really works for me. It's basically like we create a track. So imagine you've got a car, mm. um, and then your car is slowly breaking down, and you replace parts of the car to the point where at some point every single part of that car that you originally had is a new car um so we kind of do a very similar process with the song so we will let's say we'll put down um like a very brief piano part to the track and then that becomes like the main layer and over time we build it and then we'll change like the original parts of it as we go um so i'll do like three guys i'll like do like two guide vocals and then like a main vocal if that makes sense um so yeah we, it's a very similar process to that and f- i think because of because it's quite a slow gradual process at some point we get to that point where it's like we've replaced every part here and um we'll sit and listen to it so like last week we were sitting listening to the ep and we were going right is there anything that really stands out as not that we don't like and then so this is like the final stages for us now of just replacing those like final little bits um in terms of that's it in terms of production that's when i know it's right if we've if we've kind of there's nothing that stands out as being needing to re, uh, be replaced or added um with regard to the the writing process that's very gradual for me so i'll write a song pretty quick and then i'll play it over live streams or gigs for a few months before i start putting it in the studio because it it, it kind of evolves over that if that makes sense yeah yeah completely what um music recording software do you use uh so dave uses um logic is it logic sounds right yeah, yeah not yeah I was, I was getting confused with the video software then uh logic i i personally use studio one when i put demos down um but i use i used to use logic but yeah dave use, uses logic if you ever want to see two producers fight by the way guys this is a little bit of a peek behind the curtain ask them what recording software they use and this huge political debate starts opening where people are like team cubase team mm. ableton team mm. logic and i just think it's quite funny that they're essentially kind of all doing the same thing yeah yeah um, but they, they all look, they're all the same <laughs> getting to that same destination but yeah that's good good stuff so i met you through adele and andy I yeah. also met you through, I think her Twitch name was something like a woman's voice. A voice of a woman, Linda. So, yeah, Linda. Shout out, Linda. Yeah. Setting this up because she was pretty quick on the email. And, uh, yeah. Considering she was just watching me, watching someone on Twitch, she was she was on it. So uh, Yeah. Oh, Linda's great. Linda's great. <laughs> so how did you meet Adele and Andy? Oh, I think it was on Twitch. Yeah. It's got to have been on Twitch. Oh, if it wasn't on Twitch now, then I'm a terrible friend. Um, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure it was on Twitch. I can't I can't see it being any other way yeah. other than Twitch. Do you know them yeah. personally? 
Uh, I feel like we've become friends throughout to over the last couple of years. Um, so whether whether you would say I know them personally, I, yeah, I think feel like I could answer that yes. Now we have been to the house, we did a live stream together, and met the little yeah. dog, and the, you know, so I've done I've done I've done all of that, and me and Adele are always messaging each other. So yeah, that's good. Have they actually turned their front room into a studio? Uh, it's not. It's, like on Twitch. it's not the front room. That the uh, it's like the basement. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, it's massive though. <laughs> that, that would that would completely destroy my work life balance. <laughs> if uh, I yeah. Got him from home, and it's like boom, recording studio front room. So like, I just want to watch some Netflix. Yeah. Not up for streaming for twelve hours, but yeah. Yeah. Just... No. No funny but yeah awesome all right so we've got some sort of standard questions mm -hmm. that i've obviously sent you so i'll just grab them quickly two seconds um the best gig that you've been to as a consumer and not a performing artist uh glastonbury last year um phenomenal it's just phenomenal. I don't. I. I'm. I mean, if I was to choose specifically, who I was watching. Oh, actually, I don't know. Actually, because the week after Glastonbury, so we did. We did Glastonbury. Obviously, saw loads of amazing artists, and then on the way back from Glastonbury, we went. We went to London to Hyde Park and watched the Eagles, um, and that was. Yeah. Oh, probably the Eagles. Oh, I don't know. Honestly, that's Ben. That's the most difficult question I think I've ever been asked because I've also been to Tea in the Park one year and I saw Mumford and Sons and I was really up close to the front and I cried. I've also been to see Alanis Morissette at the Apollo in London, which I also cried at. So I'd, I'm really struggling to answer this question. I, I think it's too difficult because I think, oh, and I've seen Foy Vance about four times and every single time he makes me cry as well. Yeah. I don't know. Glastonbury, I wouldn't say the acts that I saw were like the acts that I would choose to see, but Glastonbury itself as a festival was like a different planet. Yeah. Um so I'd have to choose that. But yeah. in terms of like music musicality and favorite artists that I've seen live, I think the the best musically is probably Foy Vance and the Eagles, I think they're two. Best gig that you've played as a performing artist and I understand that that's a hell of a question but can you remember yeah. that went whoa that was awesome yeah Gla Glastonbury again it's got to be Glastonbury um, just because of everything surrounding it and the feeling the absolute feeling that you get when you can see like literally thousands of people is it's just like a different world absolute different yeah. world yeah yeah Biggest mistake slash technical difficulty that you've experienced on stage when performing to people? Um, I've been quite lucky so far, but I would say my there's a video actually of this. Um, I would probably say when my guitar strap snapped when I was playing. What was the venue name? Um, I was playing in Liverpool. Might have been Kirby. I can't remember the specific name of the venue, but it was a it was a the Beardy Folk Festival tour. So it's basically it was all the artists that were playing Beardy Folk Festival that year. They were doing like a tour around the different places, and I got chosen for the one. Um, I think it's Kirby. I don't want to say hundred percent, but it was like somewhere there, like which is near Liverpool. And I was playing, and my guitar strap just 
completely snapped. And it wasn't, I've got guitar locking nuts, so it wasn't even like the actual bit where it, yeah. it goes on. It was the actual strap. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, well, it was like the leather, like the, the like the yeah. bit that, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, the tough bit. That was funny, actually. I had to, I, I kind of finished the rest of the song, like holding it. And yeah. then I had to get a chair. And then I couldn't use my harmony pedal because the chair was too tall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nightmare. <laughs> I know what you mean. One thing leads into another. I remember the day that I learned that I had to plug my lead into my bass through my strap. <laughs> it's absolutely essential because there's so many people. When I see people play live, they just plug direct into their. <laughs> oh, oh no, you can't do that. <laughs> you are literally one step away from ripping out your jack lead. Yeah. Causing this horrific feedback for an amp and like deafening half the crowd. And I. I don't need that on the shoulders. That's yeah, that's bad as well. Yeah, that's yeah. bad. Yeah, I've so, that's yeah. never happened. I don't think that's ever happened to me actually, no, because enough. I've because I've always done that, like you say, through the strap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Silly question. Favorite animal, and favorite animal noise. Um, favorite animal is dog. I absolutely love dogs. There's something about dogs. Um, favorite animal noise. Um, I don't think I have one. Okay. Uh, I honestly don't think I've got a favorite animal noise. <laughs> no, fair enough. My dog snoring because it's kind of cute, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, next next uh, interview, I expect an answer. So. Okay, I'll be I'll Either be ready. There we go. <laughs> Quick fire questions. Okay. Is a Kinder Egg a toy, or is it a deliciously chocolate treat with a toy as a bonus? Uh, a chocolate treat with a toy as a bonus. Okay. Baby belt or cheese string? Uh, I'm vegan, so neither. <laughs> but when I was a kid, it would have been cheese string, 100%. Camping in a tent or a static caravan for one week? I mean, I always go camping, but if I had the choice, it'd be static caravan. Okay. Living in a city or living in a countryside? City. Chocolate or sweets? Chocolate. Bath or shower? Shower. Mornings or evenings? Evenings. Mint chocolate chip or chocolate orange? Chocolate orange. A lot of hesitancy there, I like it. Yeah, though I was thinking about, I do like mint chocolate chip as well, yes. but I prefer it as an ice cream as opposed to a yeah. chocolatey treat. <laughs> Craziest question. Would you go to prison for £10,000 a day? If you would be up for doing that, it is a maximum security prison and I cannot guarantee your safety, but you can get out whenever you want. Oh, yeah, I'd do that. Yeah? How long, roughly, do you reckon you could handle it? I'm trying to think how much money I could do with. Yeah. I feel like I could handle it, to be honest. Pretty tough. <laughs> um, I'd probably say a standard week because that's like a nice amount of money, isn't it? Yeah, it's about 70k. And to be honest, I could do with a bit of a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took a break. <laughs> Went to prison. <laughs> I could do with a chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, It sounds chill. <laughs> I obviously have no idea about prison. <laughs> Jenny's very resourceful and she'll, she'll do whatever it takes. There we go. Probably sleep the whole um, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minor inconveniences. Is there anything that's currently annoying you in your life that you want to get off your chest? I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head now, but um, I've got loads. <laughs> just far away. Give us two or three. 
Ah, oh, the big one that's really pestering me at the minute is getting my CD sorted for tour. Yeah. Oh my God, it's like a whirlwind. Honestly, nightmare. That and just merch in general. I hate it. I absolutely love merch. I love getting merch, but I wish it just arrived. I didn't have to do the whole creating the designs and going back into because I'm terrible at making decisions, especially artistic decisions. Um, so I would say just the whole process of merch, and this is the process that I'm in now. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I've got to look at merch next year or later on this year. Start now because of the yeah. postal services. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Fit minor inconvenience for me this week is probably going to be losing guitar picks. <laughs> well, it's standard for me that. <laughs> Especially if you've got an acoustic where it can like go inside the hole. Yeah. Hear it, but you can't ring it out. And oh no, you need to get one of these. Yeah. It's just essential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um. See so on tour. You need a quick lunch you're at tesco morrison's asda delhi is appropriate um i don't know if you know it as well i started the asda meal deal i'm just going to go with that this year because i was kicking off massively about asda not having a meal deal and not stepping up to the plate <laughs> and then all of a sudden they released a free for two and i 100 <laughs> percent believe in my head yeah was the reason that they started doing it to try and keep up with all the other supermarkets well chances are it played a maybe a minor minor part definitely it definitely definitely did did the uh the meal deal campaign a service let's say so on that note what is your go-to meal deal um tesco yeah and it's the vegan plant-based all-day breakfast sandwich always uh hummus and carrot stick uh, carrot sticks and hummus always and then it's either toss up between a coke zero or a smoothie because smoothie is best because you basically like you're paying three pound for the meal deal with your club card and usually a smoothie on its own is two pound fifty so you're like you could sell them you could make a business out of it do you know what i mean but um i do love a good coke zero it's like my guilty pleasure so i'll say coke zero is my standard yeah yeah I regret to inform you as well that Tesco Club Card has now made the meal deal £3.40. What? It was three quid? It was three quid for a hell of a long time and I was singing their praises. I was fighting their corner and then they upped it with the uh, the cost of living. Wait. Yeah. You sure? <laughs> Promise. Promise. It's three ninety without a Club Card or three forty with a Club Card. Wait, you're from down south though? Yeah. Everything's different up north. <laughs> I want proof. All right. Well, I'll, 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 I, will no, I don't, I don't know. You could be right. I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. But I, I'm a, I'm a pretty avid Tesco, Tesco goer. So I'd like to see if it's an, if it's just a South thing. <laughs> I will move house if it's three pounds. Like, actually move to like Manchester or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fair <know>. enough. <laughs> not really though. Um, plans for the future. So obviously we're promoting your album, your tour. If you mm-hmm. want to just go through the name of the album again. Yeah, uh, it's well, it's a, it's an EP, so it's like a mini album, six yeah. track. It's called Lost Animals. Um, that's out on the 17th of February, which is actually, I've not 
I've not officially announced this. Well, I, I pretty much have. I've told everyone on Twitch. I've spoke to most people about it. And now I'm telling you, 17th of Feb. But I've not told Instagram yet, so it's not officially 17th of Feb. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so obviously it's EP, then the tour. And then I'm going to try and get some more festivals. I've got a couple of festivals booked in already. And then it's my 30th year, so I'm I'm going to celebrate. Just yeah. saying. Fantastic. Yeah, go on holiday or something and just have a yeah. bit of a... Yeah. Bit of relaxation time to yourself and then come back with a full battery. We're going to Santa Ponza two oh, weeks. Nice, nice. Yeah. Love that. There we go. Right. Any <laughs> questions for me? Anything that we haven't mentioned that you want to promote or over to you? Um, no, actually, I think we've spoke about everything really that's going on. Like I say, I've not got solid plans for the the end of next year. Sorry, this year. I keep saying next year. Yeah, um yeah. <laughs> I've not got any solid plans for the end of this year. I don't know whether to just take a bit of a break from studio time. I've I've kind of tried to decide. I feel like I might just need a bit of a refresher. And I feel like I probably write more songs in that time as well if I'm if I'm not creating them, if that makes sense. Um Twitch, I've hoped to achieve some things in on Twitch this year because I love live streaming. As you can tell, I love talking. So <laughs> it's, Yeah, well. <laughs> Your job is to promote your uh, livelihood and career, and it's it's now so important for bands to be able to talk to people. Mm. I've always done that, like as the sort of acting lead member of my bands, and the drummer just doesn't do people. The guitarist <laughs> doesn't want to book gigs, so I've always had to sort of step up to the plate. Yeah, I don't really think there's much leeway for that now. I think everyone has to do at least two jobs in a band nowadays. Yeah, it's, everything's just so much more difficult, isn't it? In every aspect. There's a lot of noise now, and we've got to cut through it and try and separate the, the wheat from the chaff or whatever the mm. is. But yeah, it's been fantastic speaking to you. Thank you. Pretty much spot on an hour. So I uh, hope you enjoyed that, guys. And uh, now I'm going to flood you with ads because Jenny very kindly decided to make this one a non-ad break Zoom call because uh, <laughs> she's got a pro license. <laughs> this has been really fluid I might actually have to look at buying one sorry I did say every single episode apart from this one that Zoom can jog on <laughs> it's but good yeah, though isn't it yeah, it's good yeah can't argue with the results right it's been lovely speaking to you and thank uh, you Ben keep it bedroom guys take Cheers care watching bye. viewing and all that sort of stuff bye 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 two lasses spirits rum www.twolassespirits.co.uk Use code BEDLAMUK for 10% off at checkout. Nicest rum I've had. Got a bottle right here with me. Yorkshire Spiced Rum. They also do chocolate orange rum. So uh, check them out. www.twolassespirits.co.uk And let them know I sent you using code BEDLAMUK. Drink responsibly. 18 plus. Bye-bye.